Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I am the host of the show. I was in a coma eight years ago. I woke up, was not all better, have a bunch of questions, some of which I ask of my guests. And my guests this week are Joe Scott and Annie Donnelly, the co-hosts of the Mom Stomp podcast, former guests of the show, former previous guests of the show. I had them on separately, but had them on together as part of the This Is Your Slasher Life series I'm doing this month, where I'm having on return guests to talk about horror movies, specific horror movies, and their overlaps with the concerns of this show, which are death, the meaning of life, and whatever the specific movie happens to bring about. This movie we talked about was Serial Mom, the John Waters movie. Last week, we talked about The Duke to kick off the series, kind of a modern classic. Serial Mom, a slept on... I had not heard of Serial Mom. Uh, Annie had not seen Serial Mom before suggesting it. And I had to get a, a Stars subscription uh, free trial to, to you know, and if you're digging to stars, you're really you're really doing the work. You're doing the work to deliver the slasher life deep cuts to the people. So that is what we are doing. A- another word on this episode in a second, but before I get to that, I do want to thank the people who support this show on Patreon. You can join at two levels: the five dollar level or the fifteen dollar level. At both, you get all the same bonus content. You get my full conversations with guests. You get the after shows that I record occasionally with Claire Favre and Megan Strickland. And you will get the Afterlife Movie Club episodes that I will continue to record. I've, I've released them in the main feed, but I'm enjoying this Slasher Life series so much that I want to keep doing movie conversations. So we'll be doing those on the Patreon. I already have bonus uh, horror movie conversations lined up for this month. So now is a great time to join. Go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr. I'm an independent artist, so word of mouth and expressing your values through supporting me via Patreon are the best ways to encourage me to keep going, to keep this show alive and thriving. At the $15 level, you do get a shout-out. So I do want to give a shout-out to all my Pigeon-level patrons, Debo, Shuba Singh, John Lee, Katie Llewellyn, Kurt Chang, Susie Carroll, and Fred Fidoa. Thank you very much to them. I'm grateful to everyone for listening. If you have any thoughts, comments, uh, especially about these movies... You can leave a voicemail for the show at 313-MISSED-URA. That's 313-647-8872. Before I get to my conversation with Joe and Annie, I do just want to make a note that there you, you will hear it. I don't, I don't know how much context to provide except to say that I am very, very close friends with Joe and Annie. We go way back. And as with a lot of my oldest comedy friends, 
there is an automatic lapse into ball busting. And as, as you'll hear, I just, I was, I was nitpicking a tiny detail and blowing it up, pretending that Joe was saying something different than I knew that she was saying. And we just missed each other. It just wasn't, it didn't land the way that I wanted it to, which it just happens sometimes. I've talked to Joe. I've talked to Annie. We are we are good. But there is a little bit of conflict in this episode, a little bit of awkwardness. I don't think it's a crazy amount. I think the conversation is still very much worth your time. I think the ending really ties it up nicely. But I may come off like an asshole in this episode is kind of what I'm saying. I, I keep picking because I felt the awkwardness and I, I didn't know how to resolve it in the moment. Uh, so just be be aware I might be an unlikable character in this episode. And I, I'm okay with that. So that is what I have to say. I love Joe and Annie very much. Their podcast, Mom Stomp, is a great show for a lot of the reasons you will hear in this episode, and you should listen to it. You can listen to it and follow the show on Instagram via the links in the show notes. And now I will get out of all of our ways and allow you to enjoy this conversation between myself and Joe Scott and Annie Donnelly, a.k.a. Mom Stomp. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like it's But I feel the need to introduce... The two of you, for some reason, so I'm going to go with that and Let's just say see. we're we're I'm I'm here with two separate previous guests of the show, mm. good friends, comedians, uh, brilliant uh, actors, mm. mothers, brilliant actors, co. I, I would say more more good actors and brilliant comedians. To, if I'm oh, really being oh, honest, yeah. I respect Split hairs. It feels yeah, good. but I'm yeah. I'm willing to go there. Uh, and the co-hosts together of the Mom Stomp podcast. I would say, a, it, it, is it fair to say a, a sister podcast too? No, I would be never. honored. <laughs> I would be on. This is where, see, we're not two pieces of. I mean, me and Joe. I call you the brother podcast. I've said it. I don't know where. Not on the air. Not officially. <laughs> But maybe to Joe, maybe to my husband, the brother podcast. But you know, I we need to we need to see some marketing dollars if we're going to go down that that's, route. That's true. We've made yeah. that we made the attempt to freely advertise each other's shows, and and I think <laughs> I think you're probably in the same boat where you're like, did that make any difference? I don't I don't know. It's yeah. like a nice thing to do, but what what are we doing here? I think that you're. Um, I think they are the they fit well because we're about life and you're about death um <laughs> but it's scary to listen to it can be scary to listen to That's i get so funny. anxiety I'm so numb to it that i don't even think of it as scary i think I people could think your your podcast is scary to listen to in the same way that you're I, numb to the idea of the horrors of motherhood well listen oh, no. we haven't been through death like you have you haven't been through parenting like we have. So I think it's just the fear of the unknown. Mm. And you boil it down. 
that part. I appreciate that. I appreciate the closing of the eyes to punctuate your (laughs) your brilliant uh, point. That's Annie Donnelly and Joe Scott are are my guests, and we're talking about this movie, Serial Mom, the John Mm -hmm. Waters movie, which had Annie. You said you hadn't even seen before, but you just seemed to. It said "mom" in the title, and that's why you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, well, when you're like, will you please, please, please come on the podcast? We were like, no, 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 not going to do it. And you're like, I promise we'll just talk about a movie. And we were like, okay. Right, right. Um, I just did a quick search of um, horror movies uh, starring mothers. And I knew that there were some out there, but it's a big genre. That's a big trope, having moms as the, yeah. So there's a lot of good ones. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis, what a, what a force and what Friday Halloween I just saw the original Friday the 13th for the first time and yeah I haven't seen that one either well to spoil it Jason's mom is the killer Jason isn't even the killer in the first one Mm. it's his mom right that's a that's a that's a big mom moment yeah classic as I'm sure you're aware but the serial mom came up and to me it was like it's John Waters it had Ricky Lake in it and Kathleen Mm -hmm. Turner I said this feels like and I hadn't seen it. Have you, had you guys seen it before? I had seen it. You did. You okay. I had not seen okay. it. What were your, what were your, did you rewatch it, Joe? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd seen it as a teenager. I like Kathleen Turner, but I didn't like horror movies. And I, I was telling Annie, I like specifically remember being like scandalized and turned on when she said Pussy Willow. And I, I, I couldn't even tell you if I like saw the whole movie and this predates Scream. So this is like Matthew Willard's like. Matthew, Matthew Lillard. Lillard as a video store employee. Mm-hmm. Right. I kept wondering that. Did this like tickle his little itch to be in horror movies from the, from then on out? Right. No. Well, I think I wonder if the casting director was like, oh, we got to get this guy. I mean, he's so, I love him. Such a natural. Natural. I did want to know who you all thought was sexy in this movie because I think, so to me, the two things we have to figure out in the next hour are... For 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 my end, what does this movie, if anything, have to say about death, right? The meaning of life, how we live our lives, whatever. Mm. But I think more importantly is what elements of this movie fit in the MNU. <laughs> and I really need I, – I think it's bet, best not for me to attempt to explain the MNU, but for the two of you – to kind of give us the the intro to the mom nutting universe. The mom nutting universe is a fictional universe that Annie and I are going to create a suite of movies that are made by moms for moms where we nut and we get off because movies that we see with moms in them are inaccurately portray moms as lustful after teens. By the way, I've never cared a fuck about a teen. I mean, I will give it up for 10 tom holland but it is like marketed to me in a weird crazy way but i've never been like at a school being like that teen is hot mom in in reality in but, reality but hollywood makes you lust after teens yes, yes yeah and they are like obsessed with this like moms are sad moms are this moms are that and it's always like in my opinion probably by not a mom or by a mom who's like, this is what I feel like I have to write to get produced. And Annie and I are not above that. Like if our mom not a universe feels tropey, it's because we sold out. Yeah. Right. Ultimately. Yeah. But and John Waters is, I mean, 
like very cool and amazing. And I'll get, but he's still not a mom at the end of the day. True. True. And I think he, but- he got some things right. And I think you got some things wrong. Oh, great. Well, my other understandings of the mom nutting universe are that it originally came from seeing the animated movie, The Bad Guys, and feeling mm. sexual feelings towards the wolf. In the Thank you for guys. remembering that episode. That Thank you. Uh, no, that wasn't like the origin story of the mom. Nut- that was like, I think when we were talking about it, but we weren't like, ah! we were just like, we're joking. I don't think it was that actually, Dave. I think it was, was we were origin. talking about the mom. I think we were talking about, I don't think it was that. I don't know if you've not listened to all the episodes, but well, I think it. I definitely haven't listened to all the episodes. <laughs> just the ones I you're talking. You haven't to my podcast. <laughs> no, I know, I just but I also say usually it's Annie who goes after me. For some reason today it's Joe. I, because I you literally are like, that. "Is this the origin?" And I'm like, "I don't think so." And you're like, "Ah," and I'm like. <laughs> I literally said, is this the origin? I didn't say, I said this, I said, this is my understanding. I could not have more preface that this is my, please correct me if I'm wrong. As you're correcting me, I was going to say, okay. And I was going to say, did you know? But now we No, actually I started parents. correcting you and you were you like guys, being you mean guys. to me. <laughs> that guys. is what happened. It's on, go back. <laughs> I think but, mom nutting universe just was kind of like accumulation of of us being like, well, this, the, the moms would actually be, get off more to this. Well, and, and my maybe- understanding of that was that it's like, that it, it seems like the, one of the key features of the mom nutting universe is like a supportive, mature, adult, non-infantilized man. Non-infantilized. Like, like not There's just a like a bumbling Judd Apatow doofus. Like a man yeah. who kind of has a classic sense of like, you know, emotional boundaries and how to romance you, and he shows up for you in in these moments. Is mm-hmm. that right? Is it, is that right? I love your take on it. I love your perspective. And when you listen to the MNU, this is what your take on it. To me, when I talk about the MNU, it's like I just envision a bunch of moms watching it and being like. Yes, yes, this is what I want. This is making me, you know, like, and just feel so it's a lot of things that, you know, it's it's how man men are romanticizing you. Yes, it's like yes. a man taking care of a woman. It's a woman getting her damn groove back. It's all the <laughs> it's it's all those things that are just like empowering that you don't see in in Marvel movies. But although is they're it trying like to do a it. movie length nut. Or is it, or are there, it seems like there would be peaks and valleys to the first Mom Nutting Universe movie. You mean like a, like a normal, like uh, how you would write a normal movie, like with, like with conflict <laughs> and resolve and. Well, I'm just saying, is it just going to be like, are you just going to be bringing out the hits? You're like, here's this feature. Here's this feature to have moms, as you said, like, ah, like hallelujah the whole time. Or is oh, it going to be like. Some some moments where there's just things that aren't just mom nut centered. Mm. Right. I think that's why it has to be a universe because there will be like a variety of things. Okay. And I think I think the mo- the main the main thing like with us joking about it and that it must exist is that we don't feel like we are truly portrayed portrayed like in a good way. And it's not like the movies that are made like, quote unquote, for moms are like a shoulder shrug. 
are like cancer movies, right? <laughs> well, if you'll remember Patience for My Patience will be a two-part, <laughs> will be a, a double feature in the MNU. And so the first one, it's not going to be a feel-good movie. You right. know, we're, we're going to be digging into like, you know, the medical, like how, how you're treated as, as a patient and um, feeling, feeling really bad in a hospital and a doctor treating you bad. So that movie, you're not going to leave the theater feeling good, but you're going to leave the movie theater feeling seen and heard and been like, mm, okay. that does happen to me. And then mm. the second one's going to hit you with, what if it was like this? And it's going to make you nut. <laughs> So what does Serial Mom get wrong and right about motherhood then? She has all the power, first of all. Wait, is that right or wrong? She, that is right. That is, uh, the, she is the power. She is no one's bad. I mean, she gets, a, she is the, she's right. She has sex with her. She's sexual. She's a sexual, sexual being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very fun. It's a fun movie. What do I think? I don't know. I don't know if I if I so strongly was like it gets it right, gets it wrong. But there are some things in the movie that I mean. I mean, are we getting right into it about the movie? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's I, just I like figured we're kind of done with the part where you shit on me and we for sure do. God, you're done. Yeah, shitting on is insane. Not yet. Okay, <laughs> we're not done. Okay, well, let's just say I've heard episodes of your podcast where you're saying. This guy's got a Patreon. Get as if me trying to live my life and pay for some damn insulin is the worst thing in the world. Here we go. You know, start the start the stream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, we're getting right into it. So what? What do you? What were you going to say, Joe? Well, it's like the movie Serial Mom is you know written and directed by John Waters. It's like very campy, like yes. very stylized. I think it's like really beautiful, even though like you watch it now, it's mm -hmm. from 1994. It feels the video quality is a little dated, but it's still like very beautiful, very campy. I think the characters are fun. It's just like, and I don't remember this as like a teen when I watched it or like a kid when I watched it, but it's like very one note, like, okay, she's killing another person. And that's fun. Like, it's fun. Like how she's doing it in the open like I'm yeah. enjoying it, but it's like, by the end I was like, okay. Like I thought it needed like one more twist or something or one more moment. Like I definitely thought that at the very end, when Suzanne Summers is like standing on, she's like, that's my bad side. I thought like, and then you realize she's killed the jury member and they just look at each other and, at the, and that ends. I think yeah. like it could have just so easily been like Suzanne Summer just switches sides with her. And then they smile and then it ends, but like, it just ends kind of like so abruptly, like, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I, I didn't like, like how it was just like, and now she does this for the rest of her life. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be killing. She'd be killing, but it was also very fun that she kills the jury member right after. And like, yeah. she gets away with it. And yeah. um, I don't know. Annie, what do you think? I if we are talking about what do they get right and wrong about being a mom, um, I I also agree with the power thing. I mean, down to like you can't chew gum in this house, and them all, you know, even the teenagers are like, okay, we have to listen to our mom. You know, Matthew Lillard should be like a punk. He should be like, fuck you, mom, but he doesn't. He still is like she is cool, and yeah. she is so like iconic 
in that town by the end of the movie that everyone is cheering for her. Mm -hmm. They don't want her to go to jail. Like people are like on her side because she's she's like like demanded that. (laughs) They they are going to be here for Halloween next year. Trust that. But um, yeah. And then I think the only thing he got wrong, but I wasn't expecting him to do this because it's like, that's the movie. It's like campy and, and, and fun is that uh, it's just like, uh, why she killed, well, you know, it's like, okay, I'm protecting my son. You didn't rewind the videotape. My son works at the store. It's like, I don't think there was enough to be like, you're fucking with my family. Oh, if that was the message, if it was like a mom protecting her family, I don't think it was enough of like people coming for her family. Okay. Let me posit this though. Maybe it makes her even more well-rounded that the reason she was killing wasn't just protecting her family. It's just because she was annoyed by these little things. And that I actually found very relatable where you're just like this one person did this tiny little thing. I know it is absurd to want to beat this person to death with a leg of lamb or whatever it was because she didn't rewind the Bill Cosby movie, <laughs> by the way, talk about fucking prescient on John Waters' part. This, Smart. This, this, this prissy little woman who's like, I love – because to me, the whole thing was about like – I mean, obviously, it was about the creepiness that lurks underneath nice people. It was like, if everyone had watched this, we'd have uh, less tolerance for the abusive improv teachers that were in all of our lives. Name, names. (laughs) First name, last name. (laughs) But, uh, but I, so I found that very relatable that she was just like this, this juror is wearing white shoes after labor day. She's got to go. And maybe oh, God, Dave. No, I think it's a relatable impulse. And then you realize like, like, okay, so for me, the thing is like public transit is like the classic thing. So it's like you're lining up for the train or the bus and someone's mm-hmm. cutting in the line or someone's got a giant backpack that they're not taking off and putting by their feet because they know they don't realize that that's the place where you can actually they do realize space. They know. Right. And they're leaning against you. And what you want to do is turn around and fucking clock them or just like (laughs) lean, take your weight off everything else and lean all the way on them. But the minute you do something like that, you have reacted out of proportion and you're the asshole. You're the serial mom. Yeah. But serial mom was just like, I don't care. I'm going to be the asshole and I'm going to be it to the nth degree. I, I agree. I love those little microaggressions. And also that made me think of like, I did like how it was like, she seemingly had her shit together. Cleaver family, atomic right. family, blah, blah, blah. And then underneath all that, but take away the murder part was her like face to society. And then like, anytime she like, it was just her by herself. She would click into like her. Re- and I thought that was very like mom. Sometimes you have to like put on a face. <laughs> Wait, she would click into her what? Into her like mischief maker mode? Mischief maker, just like pissed off. Like you yeah. bitch, you parked in my spot. Like she would wave at her and smile. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was just like, and and I think that's not just for moms. Like you're, you're calling me out saying that's for everybody. I agree. No, it I'm is not calling you out. I'm saying that that might make her actually a more, fleshed out mom 
is the fact that mom does not define her completely. Right. Mm. I think that, I think that if the movie and like had, and I can't remember what her closing argument was. Did she have one? That everybody else was crazy. Bad witnesses. You can't prove it. Yeah. Just can't prove it. I think if there was like an earnest, like monologue about that, I bet this could be like, this would be the most famous movie in the world. If it was just like an earnest monologue about like being a mom and why she like killed and like completely out of left field or something different that I think it would have been. And like all moms would have been like, (laughs) <laughs> and the yes. town was like we don't and the judge is like i'm not going to sentence you because i feel you yeah and they're all crying and they're all calling their moms at the end of the court and they're just being like sorry like all those times you didn't kill me and you should have killed me because i deserve to be killed this is mom nutting this is, this is mom, mom nutting <laughs> universe territory Wait, right what here. It, tell, tell me what, what joe is to talking about what joe is saying right now to have people celebrate you for to have the mom be like to have everyone realize like the mom is not crazy. Like in the to movie, have the mother speak her truth to speak her truth one for people to listen to, and then three for them to shower her and recognize her and give her what she deserves. Yeah. And not that yes, and not it doesn't end and we're like we see what's going on and we're kind of like secret, secretly scary when like Ricky Lake is like, just, I hope she likes you. It's like, we see what's going on and we respect it and we don't fear it and we understand it and we're here for it. And we're like, yes, those people did deserve to die. Yes. Ultimate please learn our lesson. Yeah. Ultimate affirmation. That woman getting her feet licked by the dog had me. Oh in my God. That was a good, bit. that neighbor. More of that. I'm watching Annie. Come here. Come lick my feet. Ooh. Oh my God. Yeah, is that, that seems like it would not make the mom nutting universe. That would make some other nutting universe, but not the mom. nutting. <laughs> no, it's not that it's like getting us off, but it's like so funny. And it's like, you know, someone's calling their fucking dog to their toes somewhere. Yeah. Out there. I think sure. in the MNU, it, felt so it would real. Yeah, it would be like one of these dog loving like guys you see at the dog park. Oh yeah, yeah, those fucking creeps. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I thought John Waters did such a good job of like making, like a, a, a elevate not elevated but um, heightened world of suburbia and all these little uh, neighbors that she has, mm. like the toe thing. Like, yeah. uh, what's another neighbor? The neighbor that's oh. like drinking while they watch like an afternoon show or like the garbage guys. The garbage the guys garbage were great. Guys. So good. The garbage guys did a thing that a lot of people did in this. The garbage guys said when they're looking at the woman who's not recycling, right? Mm-hmm. And they're and they're actually, I think, the recycling guys. Maybe not just the garbage guys. And they're talking to Beverly. Sutfin, serial mom, and and one of them's like, you know, somebody ought to kill her. <laughs> somebody like, ought to kill her. There were so many like casual moments like that, and it was clearly like I think John Waters had this thing where he was like, people say this like a lot, and I'm like, and he's like, so what if we took it to its ultimate conclusion? And my thought was kind of like, do people say this that much? Do people are just like, uh. 
you know, shit, somebody ought to kill her. Like, I don't think that happens that much. In Not in life. casual to, st- you know, like acquaintances, but I've definitely like said to Devin or Joe, like, I'm going to kill that bitch. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And and I think he's putting it in a very funny context. It can't, it felt very uh, like out of left field when that garbage guy says it. But still like, yeah. Well, and the garbage should. guys are the only one before everyone starts celebrating her. The town is afraid of her. And the garbage guys are the only ones who are not afraid of her. There's a scene, I think, when they go to church and everyone's, like, afraid of oh Beverly and what she's going to do. And the garbage guys are still kind of, like, lifting up the like, power <laughs> fist and they're like, what's up, Bev? Like, we fuck with you still. And that made me love the garbage guys. Man, but I thought she- this movie was incredible. I, I actually, like, was so – it for me, if the thing is – what it set out to be that to me is like perfection is like Mm. it was trying to be this specific thing and it became exactly that like it might not be the perfect mom nutting universe movie but i thought this was basically a perfect movie in terms of everything it wanted to be and i agree that there wasn't like a sincere moment but i don't think it wanted to have sincere moments to me if there's any sincere message it's like an anti-death penalty thing because there was so much stuff about like, like that was also like in church. Yeah. The dentist Sutphin was like, said they were watching some. Oh yeah. No, it was after her first kill, I think. And he was like, whoever did this should get the death penalty. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I thought, I also was like, well, first you you were like, this is a perfect movie. You texted us before I watched it, so yeah. that was in my head. Okay, okay. You, you you yeah you were you were painting my opinion for me, but I was watching this and I was like, this is a perfect movie for what it's trying to do. Until I think after the punk rock show, and we got into um, the court, I felt like it 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 felt one note <clears throat> or dragged or something. But up until that point, I was like, yes, 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 yes. Giving me everything. It's beautiful. It's set up so perfectly. It's so clear what he's doing and digestible. I just loved it. And the whole movie is ba- the pre-court stuff. It's like barely over an hour before the court scene starts. Like they pack so much movie into this movie. Yes. I also love, okay, so another thing that I think you as sketch writers will appreciate, I feel like John Waters just like showed up every sketch comic who tries to make a character have a funny name infinitely. When the one lawyer's name is, he goes, my name is Timothy Naselrod and I'm the lawyer. And I was like, that's the best fake goofy <laughs> name. I wrote, take that sketch comics. Like, every, <laughs> like fuck off. And then another one of the one the 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 creep who writes I sniff jury's underpants oh in God. the in the stall. His name was Marvin A Pickles. That was the one that killed Yeah, me. yeah, that yeah. was the one I noticed. And I was he was like, like he was like <laughs> He's in that bathroom. He's afraid. And he's still writing that on the stall. <laughs> <laughs> or he's just like a nervous guy. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Maybe that's a confession of sorts. Yeah. What's a confession? I sniff jury's underpants. <laughs> I think, well, he's going to, it's like foreshadowing 
like him being into her. But he's he's the guy who writes in the stalls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the same one who's looking at her under the <clears throat> table. Right. And when he does the insane uh what what was that like piece of equipment from like the eighties that you like put between your legs? Thigh oh yeah, the thigh master. The thigh ma- she's doing like a thigh master workout. Suzanne under- Summers. Whoa. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Who looked wonder- great, by the way? She did. When oh. she walked in, it was like, fuck, everyone's ugly. I thought <laughs> Kathleen Turner looked great in that, especially oh. in that polka dot dress. I was like, she's got the figure working and i was like she was giving you mom fantasies yeah she looked good for sure um i don't remember what you're talking about (laughs) well i just have a bunch of like this is like maybe silly but there were just a bunch of like amazing lines to me like when she walks into the jury and she says oh oh Oh, can hello. I go back to your can I go back yeah. really quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say this about the names. This yeah, take yeah, that yeah, yeah. take that sketch comedians. There is a name in Mo Willem's book. He's a ch- children's book uh author. Okay. And he writes all the piggy and elephant books and they're great. There's one little kid who doesn't there's a dinosaur that lives in the town and there's one kid who's like no, dinosaurs are extinct. But everybody loves this dinosaur. And there's just this one kid who wants to prove that this dinosaur is extinct. And his name is Reginald Von Hooby Dooby. <laughs> and it's so good to me. And they call him Reggie Von Hooby Dooby. And I don't know. I think that's maybe just an insider to my family because we always be saying Hooby and Hootie. But it really killed me. So I just no, wanted to bring good. that up. I, no, thank you. I think that's okay. essential. I don't okay. think this episode would have been complete without <laughs> Reggie Von Hooby Dooby. <laughs> Uh, Mo Willems, look into him. He's just he's he's he saves children's books. Yeah, you need to read a couple of these books, Dave. Why? What, just you think get, I would like perk them? your ass up. Just be a more positive person. <laughs> That's what you need. You need a little positivity. I love someone yelling at me to be a more positive person. Sure. <sighs> my sure. my favorite Mo, Mo Willems moment is in Snuffle Bunny. When they're looking for Snuffle Bunny, mm-hmm. it's like this this little stuffed animal has gone missing, mm-hmm. and they're or maybe this is the second book to this, but the little kid is like, she can have it, and then the yeah. and then everyone in the plane goes, did he just say she could have it? And then and then it says the pilot says, did he say she could have it? And then the blow says this did they? And then it says the baby, and then everyone's saying the same thing, and then the baby goes blabbity blabbity. The baby or, goes <laughs> clabby. It's like clabby gabby or something. It's so it's, funny. It's so fucking funny that the baby says bluegity bluegity. Yeah, whatever it is. It okay, look like into him. Be Mo Willems' one joke is hooby dooby. Clavity gabity. Wow, You're that's so like wrong. blasphemy. You're you ha- so wrong. He <laughs> is. The, he's actually like the master of 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 um emotion because mm. he does all the illustrations too, and they call him like the. I don't know if it's master. I don't know if they're using that word, but he he just look into him. Look at him. He like used that. to write for Sesame Street. He's having comedians like Amy Poehler and. Rachel Drash do stuff for him at the Kennedy Center. I mean, he's he's it. He's the okay. bee's knees. I like it. Um, but just the sorry. The line I was going to quote when <laughs> Go. she walks into the jury and she goes, literally, she says, oh, hello, jury people. I'm Beverly Sutphin. Oh, I like your jacket. I was just like, <laughs> jury people? Like, 
literally like there's just jokes on jokes on jokes in this movie that were the, the, another example of someone saying something casually, although this was less casual, is in the courtroom when the fat cop says to her, he's like, I hope you get the gas chamber, which is he doesn't say, I hope you get the electric chair. Like, what is the fucking gas chamber? And I don't know if you noticed, but her the husband, dad has the dad has a pin that says gas chamber with a red line through it, like no gas chamber. <laughs> and I was like, where in Baltimore? Why are they just like throwing the gas chamber around willy nilly? It's so funny. I think he's just touching on like the hate that people have and like, we love death penalty. And like, yes, gasum. People say that. Mm-hmm. Do they? Just they say gasum. Yes. Also, Bad I say people. People don't also to go back to the, like. I wish they were dead or they should die. I feel like do people do say like somebody should put them out of their misery? I feel yeah. that is like a some like a, and it's like what the fuck? <laughs> you know what you're implying? Uh, yeah. Someone should kill them. Definitely. Yeah. There's a fine line between that and, you know, somebody ought to kill her. Just there's like a specific way it's said that's like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a little more intense. In you found the exact line and crossed it. Mm-hmm. I just this loved movie, all that. I thought it was so fun. I think like and something that needs to be said about this, like serial mom is, and this would go in the mom nutting mm-hmm. universe. And John Waters did get this right is that she is happy. She is not a sad mom that's like, I don't like, she loves being a mom. She loves being right. She loves making sure, uh, keeping other, and she's a mom of the universe. She's not just making sure her kids don't like chew gum. She's making sure everyone doesn't chew gum. And she thinks she's like making everything better and she's in control. And I just appreciate, especially in 1994, she's not going to bed and and lusting after the neighbor who's like a single lady who's like beautiful. I just feel like there's that shit all the time with moms. And it's like, I don't want my kids. I don't want this. I want to be like this carefree lady next door or something. Like, I can't you even think of an example, but I just think representation. I want more. Str- I, yeah, of course. Like, that's the whole mom. Annie and I don't have time to write a damn movie, but we're like, FYI, like you all are doing it wrong. But I thought this <clears> got <throat> it right. I thought it was right that she loved her family. She had, you know, she was and her awesome. family sticks with her. Yes, that is the good that, that was, part. Uh, yes, I thank you for saying that. I wanted to bring that up that that the dad, they ask, you know, or 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 he says to her, we're going to get through. He knows she's yeah. done these things. He's yeah. seen the proof. He saw the Manson magazines. He knows. And he says, with love in his eyes for her, we're going to get through this. Yeah. Like, I'm going to help you get back or get this psycho killer thing out of you. But I, I'm i not leaving you. You're the only one I want. And the family, too. Like, the little, the little Ricky Lake character is, like, scared. But she's, like... Fine, and Matthew Lillard's all about it. Yes, when he's the director at the end, I can't even. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, the, and the whole kind of like, she's gonna go kill her friend. They don't call the cops. They are like, let's go help the situation. Let's help mom. Let's well, help. They're like, in let's the make car, sure. and I think it's the dad who says, 
he's like trying to find a justification for it. And he's like, is it menopause? Like he's like <laughs> looking for like some reason why this is just like, I mean, I guess insanity, I guess everyone's kind of leaning into like, what's a reason we can plead an insanity defense. Yeah. And I, I get, I'm, if I'm like, if I'm really trying to overthink that moment interpretively, I think And and the way they get behind her, I'm like, is John Waters saying that, like, some lives are disposable, that it's just, like, you got to stick with your people even through murder? Like, I don't don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I I was thinking about the movie Bernie starring Jack Black and how he Mm. was such a beloved figure in that in that neighborhood. Uh, when he was being sentenced for murder, nobody really wanted him to be locked away. And I, you know, it's like, I don't know what John Waters is saying about them getting behind her, but I think at least he's saying, uh, I don't know that, that it it is normal to feel like you want to kill somebody. And it's like, it would be cool if your family was like <laughs> backing you up on that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think it, the movie's like playing with levels of like, this is normal to feel, but this is abnormal to do. Right. This normal feeling that people have about like being so cavalier about the death penalty is actually an insane thing to feel. Yeah. Yeah. Just certain th- like what's normal, what's not normal. And like validating that on different levels. Yeah. I think he just wanted the most fun movie possible. And this is what he came up with. I mean, I think Um, despite what Joe's saying, I think he succeeded. Oh my God. Fuck you, Dave. I can't even. (laughs) I'm like, I fucking like the movie. It's like an awesome movie. Like, I guess there's like what you're, you're asking me to do differentiate like i'm trying to give you like content for your podcast because you're like how would this be different i'm literally trying for you dave i'm joking (laughs) with you are you really mad at me no i'm just like i i liked the movie and actually yeah i guess i am kind of annoyed because i'm like i do think that this is like a good mom movie and i'm like thank you john waters and i can't think of another example where a mom like off the top of my head where it's like uh, the mom is fun. The mom is funny. The mom is beautiful. The mom has all the power. The mom's family loves her. Like, it's like this, 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 and this. And you're like, and Joe hated the movie. I was just like, I (laughs) thought the movie was so good, but it is also like, we all watched the same movie. There was, she was going to kill someone. And by the end I was like, because I'm a mom, I have a million other things to do. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm maxed out. I get the story. So like, that was, that was all I was saying that I was just like, okay, maybe she could have had this. Maybe she could have had that, but I really liked the movie and God forbid John Waters ever like listens to this. And he's like, Joe didn't like it. John clear. John Waters could be listening. You never know. We know. We don't know. He's not listening. Right. But to talk on John Waters, unless you guys want to get over this moment and talk about it. No. Okay. I I just. Okay. I'm over it. Please host away. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I I do think John John Waters. He like it is a powerful mom movie. 
I do think so. And I think that the character uh, being written by him, he did a pretty damn good job. Good job. And P.S. He's just I mean, I'm sure you guys know, but I'm like looking up John Waters because I'm he's right. He's he's writing and directing the first movie in 20 years um, based on his book liar mouth and i was like oh my god reading this this news just broke a couple days ago right and i'm like oh my god john waters is doing a new movie oh okay he wrote this book liar mouth i'm looking this up it's so funny i can't wait to read it but it's all strong female characters it's like it's a mom a daughter and a daughter and i think they all want to kill each other and like the the whole kind of the plot this character is like it's so funny and i'm like i just uh, you know like we don't feel like we're represented at all as like three-dimensional character or whatever. Like we have more. And I know like serial mom is very this. You don't mm-hmm. get to see her, but it's still a different side that you John Waters. Like it's surface level. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like she's just like, hi. And this, and like you get to see the moment. You, they explain to you why she's mad that people are eating chicken. Oh, she likes birds. They explain to you like <laughs> why she wants to kill this lady. Oh, he, she took her parking spot one time. But I guess like you don't know, like, you know, you don't feel like, you know, know the character. You just see it like, but it's pretty good that like, you know, like I said, I think that because she doesn't, she likes who she is and you don't always see that. Totally. I mean, I think what's interesting is that it, 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 the, the great like magic trick of it is that it seems to be a two dimensional movie. Like it, it, it's so jokes forward. It's so much about the appearances, but then it also on the same level, she's killing out in the daylight. She's like getting away with shit in a watch. She's like killing the one boyfriend with a poker in the bathroom, not cleaning her shoes or the poker off and just scaring her neighbor friend. Who's also at the flea market where she killed him. (laughs) But it, it for some reason by putting everything on the surface like that it's somehow it's like a magic eye poster or something where it becomes three dimensional as a result well i th- think it's also believable in this movie like i was thinking about jeffrey dahmer and how this seemingly a, a, a i want to say normal who before he started killing Maybe he wasn't, but just like what drives people to be serial killers and that it can, it can come from just like some mental illness. It can come just from like this. I, I didn't mean to kill this person. It happened. And now I'm obsessed with it. Mm. And I liked when we got to see her, like going up to her room and having the Manson magazines and her book, I was like, Oh, she's so fucked up. In the book, I mean, I, I, it was believable to me. I'm like, I think to me, he he provided enough to be like, oh, there's a lot going on with this woman. It could be <laughs> mental illness. It could just be. I mean, this is this this is like a true serial killer. It's, it's you know, I believe that it's based on a true story, right? Well, I think that was a that little was, joke. Yeah. I looked it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it wasn't. It was. I was like, story. I gotta know who this mom is, but it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same. yeah. So it it was a total joke. It's not based on anything real. Yeah. 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 But at the beginning, right, they do say, like, this is a real story. And she didn't cooperate, like, with the story, which, like, kind of makes it feel even more real. (laughs) Yeah. Right. 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 Um, Yeah. And I also loved the last victim, the woman with the white shoes, saying to her, 
No, please. Fashion has changed. Like, oh, yeah. arguing- God, as uh, she's dying. It's so good. <laughs> arguing about wearing white after Labor Day. Like, you don't understand. This is this is not even the rule anymore. But she's like, nope, this is the rule in my head. It's, yes. It's the rule forever. Yeah, played by Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst. Yeah, what's Patty yeah. What else deal? did she? She was the she was kidnapped. Remember the Hearst grandkid that yeah. was like kidnapped? Yeah, the Hearst right. family. William Randolph Hearst, the Hearst Mansion in California. Mm-hmm. She was kidnapped in the seventies, I think. Jeez. Patty Hearst. She is like it's just funny because I'm I'm like oh he was like oh let's put Patty Hearst in this I don't know. I don't know. If she she's totally got that role only because she was kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch. Fucking nepotism and kidnapping. That's the only That's way to right. get ahead in Hollywood. In 1976, she was convicted for her crime of bank rob- robbery and sentenced to 35 years in prison later, seven years. I mean, come on. This woman oh, wait, has she, lived a life. She was a bank robber or she was kidnapped or both? She was kidnapped and then later, you know, she's fucked up from it. Like, remember, I mean, mm. Yeah, I, I think she's the one that they were like, she's been brainwashed by these people. She's like, actually, mm. I don't know. I just thought it was like a really funny casting. Definitely. But yeah. the thing that I'm curious about, Annie, you said that like sometimes people could become serial killers because there's some sort of mental disorder. Sometimes they accidentally kill someone <laughs> and then get a taste for it. Is yes, that, that's what Jeffrey, I, that's that what Jeffrey. Real? That's what Jeffrey that- Dahmer said in this interview. I didn't watch the series, but I like recently watched an interview he did. It was really sick, actually. I'm like, why yeah. are we giving this guy interview time? Yeah. Um, how disrespectful. But he he was like, his whole thing was taking men home from the clubs and uh having his way with them. He did not outwardly say it, but he had like rape fantasies. Yeah. So his whole thing was like, I rape men when I bring them home. And this first one, he went too hard and this person suffocated, whatever. And he like put the body in a drain pipe. He was terrified. Like did it, what just wanted to have sex with this person, right? Forcibly. And then this is what he's claiming. And then after that, it was just like, why did you continue to do it? It was like, that, that was the thing I did now. And I was chasing that high, like that, that's what his, and I, I was like, I I believe I would I believe you. <laughs> I believe that you after that you had a lust for kill, you had a taste for killing, and that's what drove you to kill people. But if his whole thing was he wanted to rape people. Well, he did that too to I all his victims th- first. Right, but it doesn't sound like he was going it it doesn't sound like he had a it it doesn't sound like he killed someone and it was a huge pivot from what he was trying to do before. And all of a sudden, now he's into, it's not like, oh, I hit this person with my car, and now I I like killing people. It's like, hey, I like almost killing people, and now I like killing people. I mean, sure. Yeah, but but also murder is like a, a much bigger crime that you're, you're doing crime to somebody. <laughs> I mean, like criminal acts on somebody. But then to go and murder them, that is a pivot, I would say. Yeah. 
And I wonder if it's like, we'll never know because none of us are going to murder anyone. But I wonder if there's also some of like, I got, I like the feeling, but also this is less hard than I thought it was going to be. And I thought that was some of what she was going through. It was like, this is actually kind of easy. And it's like more easy to like kill them than to ask them to take their gum out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that way, is it a movie about like, whiteness and privilege and and money you know yeah it's just like she's killing people in the daylight right and weirdly people were on to her like pretty early yeah but even still she's able to basically kill with abandon and get away right. with it right yeah white, white lady privilege right white lady privilege i this saw an inter- girl boss feminism right here that's right you saw an interview of what, Joe? Oh, John Waters was like talking about a Wizard of Oz, and he was like saying this part in the Emerald City, and I like it's funny because he's just telling the part, and I'm like, I know exactly who he's talking to, talking about. But he's like saying the part in the Emerald City where they like show the people in the Emerald City, they're all wearing green, and there's like a a woman with like this beautiful makeup on, and she's like saying goodbye, and she just like sticks out. She might, and she has the cat. Remember the cat jumps into the, um air balloon thing and then and it's like this woman that's holding the cat and the cat comes out let me see if i can find her and the cat jumps out and john waters is like i wanted to know what's that lady's story and i honestly was maybe i'm just like reaching here but i wonder if he was like what is the mom's story what is this beautiful woman's like story um i mean did you just look up like cat lady it's this lady here, I'll put her in the. No, you can. It's you can called share Emerald. Um, City. I've never seen it. Oh no, it's it's Wizard of Oz. Oh 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 oh. You oh, see this sorry. lady? Oh, she's got. Well, she's holding like a... red cheeks. Uh, yeah, and she's like, Dorothy's about to leave, and the whole crowd is coming, and she's just holding this cat, and the cat jumps in. And, and he said this was know. the inspiration for Serial Mom? No, I'm saying, no, no. I'm saying, like, I literally said, maybe I'm reaching here. But, like, when he was, like, I want to know that lady's story. I wonder he's, like, I want to see this. Mm. Per- it just felt like a story that hadn't been told. Um, yeah. So, what if like, a suburban mom wanted to be killing? What if, like, these beautiful, <laughs> what's, the, what's behind the, like, smile or whatever? Well, at the very yeah. beginning of the movie, those like titles, it talks about which the one the one piece of research I should have done was know whether this was actually based on a true story or not. <laughs> but like when I still thought it was based on a true story, he talks about changing the names, and it says like the names have been changed in service of a larger truth. So the yes. larger truth seems to be. What is the, I don't know. What is the larger truth? Why the names have been changed to protect that. that usually you, you follow that up with to protect the innocent or, or to right, right protect right. the people in the story. Are they saying something about death and serial killing? Is that what you're trying to get at? I'm not trying. I'm, I'm trying to get at the thing I'm asking on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 
yeah, I'm just it, it, the like I don't know. I I don't know what to make of this movie in terms of what it might have to say about death, except in the sense that the meaning of any death is ultimately about like the way you're living your life. Um, yeah, I mean the way people treat death is super cavalier. And maybe if I, you know, I feel like there is a serious lesson, not lesson, but a serious message about, um, I mean, literally the one moment that's a sermon was called capital punishment and you like the, the pre the preacher, that's the name of the sermon on the church billboard or whatever. And I do think there was a message about capital punishment. And I guess maybe it would be that like this is the natural extension of people who salivate over capital punishment, which is just treating lives super carelessly and letting them be, um, yeah, letting them be disposable. Yeah. I wonder if, um, I don't, I don't, I, I, if Baltimore at the time still had capital punishment, I'm assuming, is he from there? Yeah. John Waters. Okay. Yeah. Cause hairspray and everything. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And now it's making me think like, maybe it's that criminal defense. We turn our back so hard on criminals and want them to die for crimes. But this movie is like, actually we're kind of killing innocent people. And isn't it so fucked up for you to wish that a criminal gets murdered? You know, but even right. though they did commit murder, but like just tossing lives around willy nilly in that way is like, well, a criminal is still alive. Well, mm-hmm. and he also gets the double whammy of getting to kind of treat disposably the people a lot of us would actually like to treat disposably, which are these like super well mannered, fake, um, deeply shitty people underneath it all. God, it's so good. The movie is so good. I just I just wanted to I just want to be abundantly clear that the reason I made the 100% joke, Joe, mm. was that early on you were talking about what you had wished for from the movie. So I was mm-hmm. making the to me the premise of the joke and it always works well when someone mm-hmm. explains their joke. But mm-hmm. right now I'm trying to not feel bad as a person as we're closing this recording don't feel bad but i'm sorry but was annie and i were being so rapturous and you were the only one who had said anything critical so i was pretending as if you hated the movie but you were too busy doing research into john waters's memoir to i think kind of get the tone of that Mm. okay what (laughs) what I don't know. I, I I'm just saying you were like, what did, did they get wrong? What did the mom universe? And I was yeah, just trying to provide. And and like I said, well, whatever, it doesn't matter, but it does matter. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but like, I just, I do think, like I said, like, I, I like the movie. I just, by the end of it, I was slightly bored with it because I was like, is this fun? This is fun. I get everything, but I have to do my laundry now. I have to like go pick my husband up. I have to do this. So that's all. But um, 
what was I going to say? I don't know. I just like the protecting the larger truth. The phrasing of that is like so specific Yeah. to go back to that. I wonder if he is like, you guys are all living a lie or something. It's just it's very, I didn't like catch that. It said that the names have been changed to protect the larger truth, but I, he, I, don't, I don't know, know if it was right in that sentence, but there was something about the larger truth in oh, those cool. title title cards. Yeah. It's so funny. Like I just don't have that as like a writer where I'm, I'm just trying to think of something funny in the moment. I could never imagine writing something, producing something, directing something that I'm like, and then the message is also this. And I'm yeah, like, and so impressed with it. Like, I'm like, God, that is cool. Like if, if, and I think that there it is like, he was doing some specific things like that. I just like, I'm like blown away by it. Yeah. And I think it, but I think it's also dangerous to be like, the message of the movie is this. Cause if the movie had one message, it's like, why write a whole movie? Just write a fucking fortune cookie and be done with it. You know? Yeah. He lost a lot of money on this movie too. Yes. I saw that. I think they made it for like 16 million and it made like 8 million. Yeah. That's a bummer because this really felt, I'm like, this really feels like it's the kind of thing. I mean, it doesn't feel like a horror movie. Exactly. It's definitely horror adjacent. Has some slasher elements, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is absolutely the kind of thing that you could run at the music box in Chicago or like midnight, like this feels 100%. like a cult classic movie. It is. I think it totally is. And I don't know if you make money off of being a cult classic. Yeah, but I would expect you at some point, like at some point, like the big Lebowski or whatever had to make break even make yeah. back on DVD sales or something. Right? Yeah. And they better be given to that. He better be giving some of that money to that poor woman who was kidnapped. Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst. She's, she's like, therapy. Uh, <laughs> she's therapy. <laughs> she's an heiress, I'm sure, right? Or well, I don't even know what that word means. Yeah. But, um, it also like the whole kind of like I love the scene when the kids burning at the concert and no one is concerned. I think like that is like the big note is that like we at the end of the day we don't care and we don't care. And we like the, the, the courtroom scene is like, all we like is the sensationalism of it. And it's like, we, this is a woman who is staunch about gum, but she like reveres like serial killers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like so funny to me that, that, that scene in the concert is so funny. It is. And that's a real punk band L seven is the band who plays the band Camel Lips uh, in in that band. That was some research I did do because I was like, this is too good of a band. Who Who is this that's like playing Camel Lips? But Scotty is the name of that kid, that friend who gets lit on fire. I love that this movie felt very anti-cop. It Like the cops are so useless. They don't do anything. So Literally that cop looks at Scotty on fire and says, Holy fucking shit. And that's it. That's all he does. <laughs> I also love that Scotty is like full body masturbating earlier. In the <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Under the, under the, when they walk in on him, he is like, I'm like, this isn't just some hand 
over crotch thing. This is him like convulsing. It's this so is like good. the Scotty nutting universe. That well, this yeah. is like the heightened suburbia thing. It's like the classic thing of your teenage son masturbating upstairs, and it's like, right. well, it looks like there's a horse under there. It's so funny. I also loved their sex scene too. Yes, because it was so over the top. But she was like the mom and the dad. Yeah, the but at that point, yeah. yeah, at that point, you knew she, there was something freaky going on with her. She, I don't think she had killed yet, but she had. She right. you learned that she's the one making those prank calls. <laughs> and you're like, uh-oh, she's getting into a little bit of like some power complex and she's dominating him in the bedroom. Not that that would be a power complex, but it is so funny to me and like good. I think that is just a good sex scene. Yeah. I mean, she is like bouncing on him in a way that felt <laughs> unrealistic, but, but otherwise was the essence it. of it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then they're- the next day they're looking at birds out of their window. They don't even talk about it. I, I mean, maybe they did, and that's not the scene. But it's just funny how it's like the next morning is business as usual. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so like that funny. is nice for the mom nutting universe because it implies that it's not just a special thing. That's a great point. Right. That's point. it. That happens. It's just another day. It's another day. You get this good, good loving. But there is, I would never expect you guys to go back and watch that scene. But when he, She's like on top of him. There is something like under that blanket that I was like trying to figure out, like, what is this prop? That's like, I think there might've been something that like was getting them up, like going them up and down. Cause if you look oh at the end, God. it's like draped over just a little bit. And I was like trying to figure that out. Anyways. A fucking crane, a fucking car lift. Yeah, exactly. Like something that was, maybe it was going, I, I don't know what it was, but if, if you're a listener and, and you go back and watch this movie, look for that. It might be a little Easter Look for that little Easter egg. Okay. Yeah, it would be kind be. of intense as an actor to just have someone like smacking into your pelvis for however many takes. God. That was. There's got to be a no touch rule. Yeah. Yeah. What was the intimacy coordinator like on Serial Mom? <laughs> Back in, when was this filmed? Early 94. Intimacy <laughs> coordinator were, the, were those cops, you know, just useless. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Do you have other thoughts? Any any sort of like final thoughts about Serial Mom? I want to make sure to to not wrap up before getting to those. I just wanted to say everything you said was right, Dave. I everything, agree with you. Everything you said was right. I agree with what you said. Mm-hmm. Same. You you are the one true opinion, and and you are the mm-hmm. you are this world's next Ebert, and mother and God. Mm-hmm. That was definitely uh, what I was going for. This part isn't <laughs> going to get cut out. <laughs> it shouldn't. It should actually. I hope it makes the promo. And it's just like <laughs> Dave is right. At the end of the day, he is going to say the right, most right thing. And if you're not a part of the Patreon. Yeah, the, you're you missing always out. Always got to link it back to the Patreon. You obviously hear, hear what my folks on Patreon are saying about me. He is a god. He is the mother. He is See, the mother and, and the what's father. What's brilliant about this moment is you're painting me as the bully in the process of bullying me. So that's I'm not oh, painting you as a bully. I'm uplifting you as a, I am mm-hmm. the bully, but I'm uplifting you. You're it's a, reading it. A bully. Yeah. Wow, Dave, we're trying to give you love. That's what moms do. No, you are not. This is some mom level psychology ninja <laughs> bullshit right now. Um, 
Joe, is there are there other thoughts, or did Annie kind of sum it up with yeah, she, Annie like, did a good sarcastically job. roasting me there? <laughs> no, we we just to I just want to double down that we agree with everything that you said, and um, if you do the playback, you it's it's all right. Well, I, I'm this. really glad Annie chose this one. I am too. Thank you. I thought you. I thought you had some great. I thought your criticisms were totally fair, Joe. Um, again, I was just joking. I don't need my opinion to be the most important at all. I appreciate both of you bringing the perspective of the mom uniting universe to this is your, well, this is your slasher life this, this month. This is your slasher life. That's so fun. And I think also if, if there's one way that I can kind of redeem any of the awkwardness in this episode, I think what I am kind of doing, I am kind of one of the neighbors in this town um, and and by maybe pushing a joke too far or misinterpreting something, this could end up being Joe Scott's serial mom origin story. You're the first victim, bitch. Yeah. And I'll be the dad. I'll be like, I got your back, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> That is the show. I am happy to report I'm still alive. I have not been a victim of of anyone's serial mom rampage. And I am really grateful for Annie and Joe coming on the show. Again, listen to Mom Stomp. Find those links in the show notes, not only to listen, but to follow them. And join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mar for more movie conversations, after shows, and full-length combos. You can also get a shout-out every episode if you want. And until next week, remember, you are a mist. Only human. And human beings, they do.